Um, but when I was in Costa Rica and I was talking about the Gene Keys at this community event, and I was explaining, you know, how it works and with human design and astrology and all this and that. And there were some people that were like overhearing me and they were like, hey, I want to introduce you to someone, mm. come to my house, blah, blah, blah. So I did get to meet people that had worked directly with Ra and oh. trained under him for like very long time um, and there have been several instances uh, throughout my seeking of this knowledge where large libraries have been given to me. Welcome back to another episode of Cultivating Change everyone. I hope you're having a great day so far. I'm your host Alex Corey and today's guest is a very special guest. This is a good friend and former housemate Danielle Rodenroth, founder of soulmapping.life. She is a human design coach. Human design is one of those fascinating frameworks where from a Western cynical scientific reductionist frame of mind like I come from, it seems pretty woo-woo on the surface. And like most systems that are based on quantum mechanics and have foundations in deep esoteric teachings it's surprisingly accurate to the point where when i first started learning about it it was obnoxious because it was danielle was able to tell me about things without really having gotten to know me at all and as we get into today's podcast you'll understand why that framework is so powerful she is a student of deep psychology and of constantly learning about herself and the mechanisms of existence themselves I think you'll really enjoy this podcast. We could do another three or four after this, and we probably will, but this is a great journey into the jungle to find out how she came about to learn human design and take a deep dive into learning about herself and the mechanisms of existence. So... As we were talking last couple weeks ago, I realized that we've done all the education together and all the courses and more of the formal stuff, but I think your story of how you came to human design and to the ways that you know yourself are way more interesting than the actual, well, human design is pretty cool too, but how people get there because it's such a specific thing. Right. Not in Asheville, apparently. I've met three other people who do it, but it kind of just falls out of the sky onto people, it right. sounds like. And I know yours was in the jungle, and I don't think I've ever gotten the full story of it. So how did you get to the jungle, and how did that fall into your lap? I'm sure it was during some other interesting hero's journey yeah Rowan's journey <laughs> yeah i mean uh well thank you for mm. wanting to do this uh mm. interview and um you know it's always interesting because you know that other big podcast i did where uh you know i talked to a bunch of people on that huge live and everything and they asked me questions about myself and i probably gave them two sentences and <laughs> they were like okay jc yeah yeah yeah, so, um, yeah, so this should be interesting the to go into that. information is so, most people just want the information. Yeah. But I've gotten the information for a good chunk of time, and 
it's such a deep rabbit hole, but it's not something you're like, oh, I had to deal with this health issue. Like everyone's got a health story and you also have a health story. Yeah. Human design is so specific, mostly because it's such a new framework. Right. As far as all encompassing frameworks go. Sorry, go ahead. No, definitely. Um, well, it's interesting because I guess I'll start kind of from the beginning. You know, I come from a Air Force military family, went to private school. I was the youngest of five children. Um, so for me to kind of end up where I'm at now was a little bit unexpected, especially with the path of like my family and, and all of that. But uh, you know, when I was younger, I always knew something was like different about me. And I was like, all right, what's going on? Uh, when I was 10 years old, I bought the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistic Manual, uh, which is what they use to diagnose all psychiatric disorders. And uh, my mom found me in my room with it because we had just gone to the bookstore. And, um, you know, I, she found me in my room with it. And she was like, oh, my God, what is this? Maybe take it back. Uh, but yeah, I, I had always been into psychology and then I got into like self-help and I wanted to know uh, why people do what they do and how they think. And when I was younger, I wasn't able to communicate super well, you know, and I was very reactive and emotional and, and just didn't really ever feel understood. And I think a lot of us have felt that way, but that's really what drove me down this path of like self-help psychology. Then I got into a really interesting toxic relationship when I was in my early twenties, uh, which continued the, the path down, um, you know, psychology, and I studied it in college, and uh, just trying to figure out what was going on, and um, stumbled upon, like, Eckhart Tolle, mm. and uh, Abraham Hicks, mm. and uh, lots of different self-help teachers that kind of got me into this other view. It was like, okay, what's going on? And then I went down the whole pathway of the banking system with this job that I had, Okay, I was going to be like, usually you don't jump from Eckhart Tolle and presence to banking. into banking. <laughs> usually there's something in the middle, but yes. go for it. Yeah, so I had this job where I was helping people uh, with their finances, and so I wanted to be good at my job, and I started researching the banking system, which opened up the whole pathway for looking at all of the things in the world, right? So I learned about fractional reserve banking and, you know, the Federal Reserve and all of these different things. And then, you know, looked into the food system and into like all the systems and was like, oh my God, what's going on in the world? At the same time, I was still developing my like spiritual understanding, got into astrology, uh, you know, my early 20s, started researching that and, trying to figure out what's going on with that. Uh, started studying the transits every day for probably four years straight. Uh, That's every, a while. Yeah, every morning I would be like, okay, what's going on? And I would look up different things for, for years. And I started my nonprofit in 2013 before I left to go to Peru. And one of my board members was a manifester. Yes. Humans Unifying Global Solutions. Right. Yes. So I had found all the, the, you know, truths about our world systems and everything. And then I was like, oh, my God, I need to leave the country. 
I, I need to get out of here. You know, it's, it's crazy. And I want to build something else. I'm just going to go build something better. And started the nonprofit. One of my board members was like, hey, I found this system. What's your birth info? And he pulled our charts. And I was like, what is this? Wait a second. Like, I'm not a manifester. Oh, <gasps> you know, like what's going on with this? That uh, word gets so abused. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. In all the spiritual communities, which is one of the things I really liked about human design, which was yeah. just clarified what that what that word, word means. Flip here. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So he had pulled my chart, and then I didn't really have a lot of information on it. And I started just searching everything I could on the internet. And I was like, okay, there's lots of different information out there. It's not really organized. I can tell where the gatekeeping is. So I started, yeah. So I started creating all these documents of compiling as much information about everything I could find and like distilling it down, outlines and like trying to find the missing pieces. Mm. Um, you know, I left to go to Peru and one of my friends, Dave, who lived in one of the houses that we had there he's like this older guy who you know is from england and he works with like a lot of different projects and stuff and we um worked with him with human design and he knew some of it right so we had like the the mandala wheel painted on our house and it was like part of the way that our group was working like we understood everyone's charts um and so you know, I just continued to do the searching. I reached out to several different websites that had the human design information. I was like, hey, we have a nonprofit. Like, we're trying to bring this to communities and, like, especially to, like, these other areas of the world, right? And, like, how can we use this and, um, you know, what resources are available? I kept hitting walls. Right. Like, everywhere I was. And I was like, why is this information, like, so like elitist you know and even raw talks about it like that it's a very elitist system in the sense that you only have access to it if you you know come across on your fractal if you have the funds blah Rob, blah blah Raz and Ra Uruhu, yes the founder of human design yes channel. so i was getting really frustrated and i was like you know what this information really needs to get out there so multiple instances where it kept coming across but there was no like exploration allowed almost right um basically a lot of these websites and companies were basically like you know this is just how it is like you have to pay blah 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 and i'm like like hold on almost like a mystery school yeah kind of like you need to prove that you have skin in the game or invest in order for them to give you the culted knowledge or something sort of but it's all money-based okay it's not even like initiation based okay, or any of that so yes but so i remember just being very upset about that and i was like why is this like you know after i learned all this stuff with the corruption in the world and then i'm like oh now we have you know information and i i was working on like open source you know everything yeah. and um that that sort of thing and i remember just being like okay when i get the information you know i want to share it i want to give it i want to like make sure that everyone has access to it as much as possible um and and so i started doing readings you know for years for free right just like any person i would talk to and i would just show them the system and be like hey look at all this information and 
get a bunch of people into it. And um, yeah, then fast forward a little bit more, I moved to Costa Rica and I was like in the jungles, I was working with this community project and I was talking about gene keys, right? The gene keys system. Richard Rudd stuff. Yeah, because I had found that too like along the way mm -hmm. and I had spent years so far like combing everything in the internet like trying so to get... you didn't have any formal education or... No. Did someone just give you a library or did you just get introduced <clears throat> to it and then have to just accumulate and piecemeal and grab everything yourself? So there, that's a couple part answer. Um, but when I was in Costa Rica and I was talking about the Gene Keys at this community event, and I was explaining, you know, how it works and with human design and astrology and all this and that. And there were some people that were like overhearing me and they were like, hey, I want to introduce you to someone, mm. come to my house, blah, blah, blah. So I did get to meet people that had worked directly with Raw and oh. trained under him for like a very long time. Um, and there have been several instances uh, throughout my seeking of this knowledge where large libraries have been given to me. You know what I mean? Of And the information is starting to pour out on the internet and, you know, there are places where you can get it and, and this and that. So I started um, just combing through it, distilling it down, continuing to do readings, talking to people that had trained directly under him, um, you know, taking all the courses mm. that were in all this information, uh, diving into the cosmology portion. Right, because human design is not just human design or relationships. It's like literally the design of how uh, existence operates, yeah. and the human part of it is just like one sector. Well, it's you know? how it most applies to your everyday life, right. I would imagine. But if you're working at the level of the neutrino ocean, yeah, it would kind of touch everything. And whenever I'm just giving people like a little brief download on it, I can't because there's too much. I will, yeah. especially if I'm talking to some of my old IT friends or engineering friends, they'll be like, they'll have the same exact mindset as me where they'll just go straight to the root and be like, what is this based on? And I'll be like, neutrinos. And they'll be like, oh. Yeah. And then they'll shut up. Right. 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 Because then it's based in, you can go quantum physics, you can go normal physics, kind of just underlying fabric of everything yeah right it exactly. gives it some weight and that's even why astrology works right, right? and mm -hmm. like i don't know if many astrologers know that right or understand that concept of it but you know it really does explain how all of these systems operate and how we can look at it uh you know in in, in regards to how we function individually and and throughout life and all that but yeah, and you know, I did a lot of plant medicine and uh, working with different indigenous people along the way too. Costa Rica, <clears throat> Peru. Peru. Yeah. Is there another one in there? Ecuador. I mean, Mexico, Colombia. I went to Panama. Okay. But all of that panhandle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah. So I mean, I I found all this information, and the people that gave it to me were like this is, I guess, for you, mm. you know, and I don't know why or, or doesn't matter, but, you know, basically I have been spending, what, eight to 10 years now, just like combing through it, distilling it down, organizing all the information into, I don't know, uh, 
50 to 100 documents of there's a lot <laughs> and making classes and yeah. readings there's so and... much information it's there's so many angles at which you can approach it because it touches on all mechanics and existence like you said there's too many points of entry right and i'm sure you had a specific like you said the cosmology and astrology well, is a point of entry for a lot of people. Probably yeah. the most common, I would imagine, do you think? Yeah, I mean, most people are familiar with astrology. Right. Um, I did have an interesting question brought to me yesterday, which was, hey, what are the most important parts of a chart? Or, like, what are the, the biggest keys? And... Give people an overview, just quickly, since people might have no idea of what we're talking about, of what the body graph is. Yeah. That... that inputting all your raw data will generate and then just like five minute or less on the four types that we've mentioned. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then I'll come, yeah. remind me to come yeah. back to that question because it, it kind of brings together what I've learned with everything. But yeah, so um, human design is the science of differentiation, which is how each one of us are a combination of two consciousnesses. We are a binary consciousness. We are like a formula, a machine, a, a vehicle, an organic filter that feeds on the neutrinos, mm -hmm. right, in order to process consciousness and create our experience of reality and uh, that the universe is actually like a biverse. It operates in this uh, illusion slash truth binary that we're always able to see. So when we look at a human design chart, it maps out both of those angles, right? Like, okay, here's your truth. And this is like how you operate and all your mechanics down to how you need to make decisions, right? Uh, how you are in relationships, how you need to fuel your body, what's the correct motivation of your psyche, um, you know, your your biological form, mm -hmm. right? And any issues that might be with that. Um, what your channels are or the mechanics that you have that you bring to any situation that are very unique to you, right? There's so many layers to it, uh, even how, how you study, how you learn, you know, how you perceive things. It's just... Even how you perceive like spiritual phenomena, right? Like that can even be shown in that. Um, and then the other side, right, is the other binary, the not self, the illusion, the conditioning. Like here's where you're open. Here's where you're an empath. Here's the specifics of what your mind has taken in that is now programmed. And it is actually your greatest wisdom and your greatest gift. But if we don't know that, then we just try to drive the life with that. That's what I love about that. Yeah, <clears throat> right. And it's like nothing is good or bad. It's, it reframes our paradigms of our existence. So we can clear all those distortions, right? The like good and evil and, uh, you know, this. the universe is not inherently moral. Right. And so we can start to see things in this other way. It shows us that, um, you know, the form part of our consciousness, the vehicle consciousness, which is everything that's not the mind, is intended to drive the life. And it's the same consciousness that makes your heartbeat. You don't have to think about it. And the mind becomes the passenger, the researcher, the communicator, the translator, right, becomes our friend rather than, you know, this aspect that drives us into suffering, mm. right? So in the basics of a chart, we can see that there are four main types 
of vehicles, meaning four different ways that a, a person can process the neutrino field. And it gives us their strategy, which is how they need to move through the geometry one decision at a time. Mm -hmm. So the aura type is telling us how you're receiving the neutrino ocean, which is this really abundant, most abundant subatomic particles that travel just under the speed of light, which is significant. They carry mass, which is information, and they interact with whatever they are passing through, meaning they're imparting information and taking information. I like your analogy of the cars scraping yes. each other. Right. Just leaving a small imprint as they as they touch. Right, you know, like a red car yeah. and the white car. Yeah, just scraping paint. They both have the same, you know, now this one has red paint, that one has white paint. Right. When they pass. And yeah, I mean, that's really what the types are doing, right? We are each having our different roles, right? I'm a generator, which is the most common type. It's about 67%. And so I generate when I'm correct, the movement, the resources, the satisfaction, the work, the, um, you know, whatever it is that my vehicle needs to process, it will generate for me. Right, so if I'm in the incorrect alignment, I will degenerate, right? I'll be frustrated, I'll be on that other side of the coin, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you're a projector, mm -hmm. right? Which is about 22 to 25% of the population, about one in five people. And it's really, you know, projectors are the newer vehicle mm -hmm. that because prior to 1781, right? 1781 was when we discovered Uranus. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, Saturn was the furthest planet that we knew about, right? So Uranus is correlated with what was going on at the time, the American Revolution, mm -hmm. the Industrial Revolution. It is all about Aquarian, right? This Aquarian age, the breaking free from the cycles of Saturn is what Uranus is meant to do. Mm -hmm. So we basically entered into a new era, a new time period, where we are now this interregnum species. We're an in-between species. We're actually different species. I don't know if we were gonna get into this in yeah. this call. Um, we look exactly the same, right. but we are in a totally different ocean, a different world, a different, um, really a different vehicle that has a greater or a different potential for processing out consciousness, right? So our lifespan is different. Yeah. You know, prior to 1781, Saturn, right, was the furthest planet, which takes about 30 years around the sun, right, around the, the cycle. So that was the average lifespan at that time. Okay, so very, very <clears throat> interrelated with the universal particles making it through and interacting with us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, back prior to 1781, you know, if you were 14, 15 years old, you were getting married, right. you already been working for years, you're starting to have kids, and you were lucky if you lived past 35, right. right? Like that was pretty rare. Now we're in this Uranian cycle, which is 84 years, right? So that's more or less the average lifespan around that. And so if we kind of take that knowing that we're like in this different vehicle, we're not in the old seven chakra system, hierarchical old world, even though those ideas and thoughts and, and conditionings have still been imparted on today's life. Right. We're actually in a different vehicle. You know, the 84 years, half of that is 42. 
right? That's the midlife crisis, mm -hmm. the half Uranus cycle. That is actually when we are like becoming an adult, right? Mm -hmm. Because it takes longer for our consciousness to mature because we're processing out quite a bit more. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm an adult yet. Most of the time I still <laughs> yeah, feel like I'm a kid where I'm just like, oh, I have responsibility, but there's so much life to get under your belt still. Yeah. Like, I feel like I barely scratch the surface. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Me that, too. that's good to hear. I got 10 years for the halfway point. Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's just that we're in this new vehicle and that we are in this new um, era where we are approaching a major shift that's coming up, mm -hmm. right? 2027. I don't know if we'll get into all that, but pretty much the projectors are the new type of vehicle. And, you know, projectors aren't necessarily cut out for this world because it's a generator ruled world. Right. This right? is a grind. Yes. Yeah. So that's where another dilemma comes in. But if you know about your type like you do now, it's mm -hmm. like there's a different way to approach things so that we can actually operate correctly and do what we're here to do, mm. right? Which is to access our unique consciousness, right? Which requires us to disintegrate all of these conditionings and programmings that have been instilled, right? And that is in this world. Which right? is as much work as anything else. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes its own toll just breaking them down and peeling back layers. Exactly. Oh, many layers. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, and then we have like the manifestors, which are about 10%. Um, I like to think of them as like when the pyramids were created and, uh, you know, they would have been like the pharaohs and the ones kind of like manifesting into the world, meaning that they created the hierarchies, the religions, the laws, the systems that really they put in place so that they wouldn't be controlled, right? right. Um, but now we're in this generator world and... You know, the projectors are the new vehicle. We have the manifestors still 10% and about 1% to 2% are what we would call reflectors, which are completely open, right? All their centers are white. They do have gates in there that are like buttons that get pushed when the moon transits around the wheel, creating an angle for the neutrino to come through to activate in them. And then they get to see things on a cyclical, you know, 13 times a year uh, cycle. Yeah. Right. So that must be a trip. I can't, I can't <clears throat> imagine. It's like living a, it would be like living a new labor every day. No right. day is the same. Right. That would be intense. Yes. Good way to live. If you're in touch with the present and have someone taking care of your needs, but that must be the most difficult thing just to live. Right. If you don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. 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 I know. That's their their question for them is, who am I today? Yeah. You know, that's what they should be asking every day. And, you know, they're lunar operated, which is different. Like the rest of us are the solar mm -hmm. beings because there's a particular pathway that the neutrinos come to us. It's right. not just like they're flowing through everything. There's like a pathway that it comes through to get to us. Yeah. Right. And that's part of the cosmology or the mechanical understanding of this uh, machine, this kaleidoscope that we're in, and the transits moving through, you know, the planets moving through, acting as filters, the white car, red car, yeah. with the neutrinos, 
we are each in our own geometry receiving that. And this allows us for that potential to have a completely different experience of our life. Right. You know? That was a lot. Yeah. Are you going to cry? Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> that's fine. Oh, Keep going. That's oh, good. Yeah, thanks. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the beauty of this is that it gives us the language. You know, it gives us the things that we know, we, we feel, you know, even spiritual sciences and religions, we are always trying to um, label and, and um, create our understanding and our meaning of like what God is and what, you know, our life is meant to be and all these things. And, and this is really a science that shows us precisely all of the, the languaging, right? Mm -hmm. All the, all the understandings of each thing so that now we can not take things as, as personal and we can start to really have this, this unique, completely self-aware experience where we take in this information instead of going to that binary of like straight into programming straight into illusion which is where most people are like when we talk about being asleep or the normies or the like yeah. the the npcs like that's what that is right it's, it's they haven't broken free from the clutches of the program and it's not just a vague matrix like analogy right this is like a true understanding that we have the precision to be able to explain about right and that's that's why i got so into this because i'm like oh my god that's why i like it so much it's so precise right so individual <clears throat> yeah there are whenever i try to just give a brief overview it's hard to not have it be dismissed because there's only four types and people are like they give you the look like i'm more complex and i go but and then it's infinitely deep right right so just because it's a typology and there's only four types doesn't mean that it it's not the most complex thing that you will ever come across exactly the journey of knowing yourself is the most hard thing right i think to do Yes. Because you are the most complex thing in existence. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, which is why I break out into emotion because it's it's the study of infinite potential and almost your your purpose with barriers that you put in your own way almost. Right. Kind of the the progression of life that is always there regardless of career or any of the other major decisions that you cannot escape that right. and is constantly with you. But it is so rewarding if you figure out just a little bit, yeah, uh, like how to reduce the resistance. And if you think about resistance in, I've been doing Tai Chi, so everything is now in electrical terms. So yeah. that's the way that's been helping me thinking about neutrinos or just subatomic particles is just everything as as electricity and we have an electrical totally. body so reducing resistance yeah ohms increasing current um voltage is a whole another subject but before i forget what did your client ask okay. you yes um so he asked me you know what uh what are the most important key points in a chart or what are the most important gates yeah. or whatever and my answer was you know because over the the last several years of, of working with all these systems and integrating and synthesizing and, and all of that, what I've, what I've realized is that actually it doesn't matter even wherever you look in a chart, you start to see the same themes like anywhere. Uh, 
And that's kind of, um, <clears throat> you know, like what I've seen, like you can hone in on certain gates and like expand upon it. And it's, it's like a fractal, like everything in the chart is a fractal and you start to see how it all like interweaves. I mean, we're incredibly completely unique mm -hmm. and we have all these facets, right? Of our aspects and the angles, right? But they all relate together. And that's the whole thing is being able to see the whole picture. You know, you can zoom in on one part and look at it and be like, okay, that makes sense. Let me focus on that to see if that's a good doorway for me to access more consciousness and like have more awareness of that thing. And then like zoom out and look at how it, it plays with everything else. Um, but yeah, back to what you were saying with like the electrical mm -hmm. stuff. Um, you know, all of this comes down to like frequency. Right. And... Even in human design, we practice our strategy and authority, which is how we align correctly to that binary, mm -hmm. right? The false and the truth, right? Um, it's all chemical. Right. It all comes down to our systems and our body and our chemicals, and it's like a chemical change, a physical change right. in your body, which is you know, those electrical impulses mm -hmm. and like the chemicals and all of that. So, yeah, it's very um, grounded in that. In that sense. Right. And I, that's why I love the analogy is because you can feel that usually. Or if you're... Once my mindset got that, it became easier to understand my energy levels through... Like whenever someone said, where are you noticing resistance before? I'd be like, I don't know what that means. Like, right. What, is, what does that mean? When things are hard and if I pay attention now, it literally means when I have to physically shove something in my body mm. like if i have to put way more energy into something than it should and it's because there is a electrical resistance there like there is almost like two similar magnets trying to like push together right. where you're just like why is this so difficult because there's a huge amount of electrical resistance <clears throat> which probably is a good indication right. it's not correct right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so that's helped yeah, and that's a good way to look at it too. I mean, there's so many ways when you're learning about these systems to identify what's correct, what's not, and that's how we become more sovereign mm -hmm. and in our own unique authority, which is the point of all of this, right? No external authorities. That's that's the key that helped me. It's like you should not need all the decisions you know already, GNO rather than KNO. Right. So it is discovering how to pull that out of yourself yes yeah exactly and then you know more recently and throughout my life but i i always go through like these phases where i revisit trauma mm. and i revisit you know the psychological aspect of it um and so i think that that's an important part too because you know the the trauma that each one of us has just by existing but then also like growing up mm. And especially the, our childhood and, you know, there's ways to see in our chart how we integrated or developed these not-self strategies to prevent that from happening again, you know. And we create these trauma patterns and communication issues and distortions around relating with people that is not truthful. Right. It's it's like if I do this, then they'll do this or, you know, it's it's very like subconscious and um, 
So that that part of it is also very important. You know, the the trauma and working through that and then knowing like your attachment style, like how how are you in relationships? What is this like trauma pattern that you're having? And with human design, gene keys, astrology, all these languages, now we can actually identify non-personally, like, okay, this is what I'm experiencing, this is what I'm feeling, this is where my boundary is. Mm-hmm. You know it's correct for you because you, you now know your me- your mechanism, right? And like what you need versus like, well, I'm not sure how I should feel about that or what if I should say something or maybe I shouldn't say something or like just kind of, you know, whittling yourself down and not being full, you know, like fully integrated, fully present, fully embodied and living out of that fear that if I'm my true self, which is what we were when we were a kid, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be punished. It's going to be shamed. It's going to be told that I'm wrong. I'm going to lose something like whatever the things are. So the, the bitterness for me has been very helpful. So that's why it's so hard but actually practically easy to learn every day just by your your not self snapping back at right you, where if i get bitter i'll be like okay um and you can immediately i will immediately go back and be like what did i not do correctly and it happens usually within the same day now where i will know if i feel bitterness then something wasn't in alignment with something that just happened probably really really recently so it's been extremely helpful for just constantly reevaluating. yeah especially if a lot of people just don't have time uh or don't have the habit built to do like a, a reflection at the end of the day or meditation kind of where they can process their day and see what worked and what didn't and hone and refine but the uh the bitterness for me has been very useful just as an indicator like massive red flag right something wasn't in integrity go find it and it's right. usually not that hard like our subconscious is real good at collecting data and yeah like, eh, it's probably that yes yeah. yeah and that's also what i mean by like the trauma stuff yeah. too because like if we don't address that then we can also have a distortion of how we view things so it is important to look at your not self energies mm-hmm. right like okay frustration Right. So <clears throat> it could be one of two things for me, like either, okay, yeah, my subconscious is picking up on where it's not correct or I initiated or I didn't listen to my authority. Right. And it can also be like a trauma pattern, you know, of like, okay, this is what I think is going to happen. Like the mind yeah. can create it. So what I find is that like, it's good to pay attention to that not self energy and then like communicate. Right. And be like, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. I'm feeling frustration or I'm feeling bitter or whatever the, the thing is, yep. you know, and like identifying, okay, I think I need rest or I need time or I need whatever it is that you need. Because a lot of times we just like push through yep. and we're like, well, I don't want to give up. I don't want them to think that I'm unreliable. Yep. I don't want them to be mad at me, think that I'm rude. They're going to, whatever. You know, so really it's like being able to see all that, communicate, like I always put the top, nothing's personal. That's what all this stuff shows us. super hard. That's the, It's so hard. When you're dealing with people that you know, 
feels personal. <laughs> it does. Well, and that's the thing I think where there's a lot of confusion too is that just because we can look at things as code, geometry, angles, mechanically, chemically, yeah. codically, right? That it doesn't mean that we should just allow and not put boundaries, right? right? It's like, no, there still needs to be boundaries. It's like more about how much of yourself can you be in each situation? Like how full can you be? How truthful, how objective, but still in tune with like, whatever it is you're processing, like the feeling, mm -hmm. right? Or the emotion, but not projecting that. And then even when you do like operate in shadow and you're projecting out, you know, victimhood or you're victimized or what, you know, or you're, or you're victimizing that you can be aware of that, right? It doesn't go away. Right. <clears throat> None of this stuff like goes away. Like our, our not self doesn't go away. Our conditioning doesn't go away. The trauma doesn't go away. And I think that that's a big issue with the spiritual community, with religion, the bypassing. And it's more like, hey, what can we explain about this? What can we understand about it? And how it like brought us to be what we're here to be. I mean, basically in a nutshell, it's just all about like how full of yourself can you be in every situation? How comfortable can you be with whatever you're processing, what you're feeling, what you've been through? and not shy away from like that energy in your body or any of that. So that's really, I think, the, the gift. And then being able to explain that and having a higher awareness of it because we don't personalize it. So we alchemize it, which leads us to higher consciousness. And then being able to share that because now we have a different style of languaging that is more accurate, right? right? Uh, not just from trauma, and that is the gift for ourselves, right? That I believe is our purpose, right? That is what we're here to do. So, in a nutshell, right? Yeah. That, that's what. Well, it's it's too broad to do in forty minutes. Like this is, it's too complex. There's too much, but it is. It's a fantastic framework for filtering. It's. It teaches you how to read the filters, which is yep. kind of hard to get your mind around sometimes, but you become aware that there's filters and then you're like, oh, this is how I'm actually processing information. So if, you've, if you're familiar with introspection or meditation at all, it kind of allows you to go deeper into watching. Right. And then you can start extracting useful things. And the key is always for me at least, how is this helpful in my everyday life? How can I be a better communicator or um, just improve my daily actions to be more myself and to be of service to other people? So right. as long as I can pick apart and be like, okay, every time this happens, there's bitterness every time, where in this can I just eliminate or maybe I shouldn't do that at all because every single time I'm in this situation, there's an immense amount of resistance. Maybe I should just stop that thing entirely. Like if you don't feel right. good after doing something, obviously it's tricky if it's your job and you're dependent upon it for income. That's probably most people's big one. But at some point, if it's just like crushing your soul or you're moving through your entire day through resistance, 
probably something wrong. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then you go to your strategy, you know, okay, so how do I make my decisions and my movements and all of that? And you go to your strategy, right? So yeah, because even the darkness, even all of the conditions that cause us to go into that dark night of the soul or crisis or the depths or whatever is all the right environment to access truth and all of that. So yeah, there's just so much. Yeah, for every experience, it is always the correct experience. There's always something yep. to be pulled out. Like it's all life. Right. So even if something is miserable, uh, those are usually the most ripe forms for alchemization, as you said, yes. or those are the, the heavy transformative ones. Where yeah. Usually people who come out of that are a different person. Like totally. something dramatically shifts in them that's noticeable. Totally. Yeah, either they take life less seriously if they've gone through something that's extremely intense, they're a little more light and bouncy, hopefully, or you just see people in the pit of it and right. uh, fully on one end of the spectrum, which is also as interesting to watch yes yeah yeah but it's it's all forms absolutely and someone's uh coming over right after this so you do a lot of in-person readings and then yeah. you do a lot of remote stuff yep what would what do most people really appreciate from from a uh, your business's soul mapping and what do you think is the like really cool part that you like impacting on people yeah I mean I really I mean it's just so interesting because when someone that doesn't know you like I probably don't know you right. and I don't get into your story but I can unfold and it's not like I'm special and I have whatever whatever I'm not divinating but I know how to read the filters right so I can translate your chart for you to bring a lot of precision to things that you may have always known about yourself but didn't really understand or know how to work with um, so I really enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing stuff with like relationship dynamics and helping people to communicate so that they can be more full in themselves because that's something that I've been working on my whole life and I continue every day. You know, it's always a practice of like, okay, where am I not being completely truthful? Like, where am I not fully opening, right? About, and I don't want to see this. I don't want them to think I'm rude. Every time. That's like one of those videos, you know, where you go to say something and it's like, Wee! Wee! <laughs> every time. I forgot about that. Ugh. I haven't missed the train. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> uh, the train wants to speak up. <laughs> the train always wants to be yeah. up. <sighs> okay. These yes. don't pick up. They, they probably muted that, but okay. not that much. All right. Yeah, so I mean, I would say, you know, helping people to feel more empowered with themselves is like the greatest part of doing the readings for me, right? Because people can see when I'm explaining to them about their mechanisms and, and why this thing is happening or how to work with this or that, that they're just like, oh, okay, like this makes so much more sense now. Now they have the tools, the, the words and the knowing behind it and the why. Mm -hmm. And now they can go out into their lives and, and be more full and have that empowerment of like, oh, yeah, I, I can just communicate this. I don't need to, like, keep, you know, holding this or that back. And that's the, the best thing for me to see is, like, for myself and for other people that I work with, that as the years go on, 
you you just get so much power from like being your full raw fucking self. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's not like and and you start to question all of these things, you know, like why am I doing this or that, you know, and like is this coming from my not self and what is it showing me? And then you start to have all this like content. Really, it's just, you know, amassing a library of consciousness that's unique to yourself. And now you can share with people and, and continue to have these experiences. So most people end up doing my quantum jump four call sessions um, where we go into their human design in great detail, the gene keys, looking at astrology. And then a lot of people will end up uh, purchasing the course, mm -hmm. which originally was a six-month course, yep. but it's now just an 11-month kind of, course. It was an indefinite course because it's <laughs> yes. an indefinite study and practice. Right. And you can't know all about yourself in six months. Like yes. That's, we just barely got through all of the centers and signatures and gates like there's so much information yeah. yeah and like you said like there are going to be facets based off of you that are more important that people will be attracted to that have more application in the cycles that they're constantly getting trapped in so a lot of people will have relationship cycles or this is a fantastic tool for why do I keep doing the same cycle over and over? And this is just another, it gives you things to look for. Yes. Be like, well, you have these, so if this happens, watch for this. Right. It's just so very, it can be very mechanistic, which is really helpful for watching any type of relationship dynamic. Yeah. It's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so you'll see Alex in the course as yes. well. Uh, but yeah, definitely a reading is the first step. Um, and then Alex also has some courses up on the platform yep. that, you know, we developed the syncretist society where people like us and maybe you, you know, can share your specialty, the languages that you're into and your codes and, and see how everything interweaves. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. I'll put all the links for your hilarious meme collection and social media <laughs> down below. Yes. And uh, we have a group for discussing all of this, people understanding themselves, Facebook group, Telegram group, and I'll put courses and your, your website right below it. But yeah, I agree, the quantum jump is probably the most useful package because yeah. you can't understand much about it in one call. One yeah. call opens the door yeah. and starts the deep dive, but uh, four is far more useful just to give you practical things to look for in in months like this is a long game mm. right so oh, yeah you get the download you get the yeah. reading and then you're gonna unpack it for right. like a long time and, and it's just gonna keep revealing itself to right. you and you know it's just science it's just yeah. you know the the codes and the blueprint and the map and it's awesome that we have access to it so it is a blueprint and that's why i like it so much framework and blueprint yeah thank you for your time and i'll let you get to thank reading. you I hope you enjoyed the podcast, everyone. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. If it felt a little abrupt, she actually had a client coming into the house in uh, Asheville, North Carolina to get a reading. She is very busy and she helps a bunch of people understand the dynamics around their life quite a bit. To learn more about her, to view the courses we were talking about, 
Her website is soulmapping.life. You can find all of her offerings there. And if you're interested in learning more about human design to be an educator or a coach, she did build a platform called courses.syncretistsociety.com. You can also join the Facebook group and we have a Telegram channel, t.me slash Society. Follow her on social media. She is a meme queen and hilarious. Until next time.